It's time for Series 3 of Shooting the Breeze. As we continue our focus on women's basketball, we'll be talking to more of the amazing players in the WNBL, the coaches that inspire them, those people behind the scenes that do so much for the sport, as well as so many more from across the Australian women's basketball landscape and beyond. It's the 42nd WNBL season, the longest running women's professional league in the country. And this year, 2022, Sydney will stage the FIBA Women's World Cup featuring the 12 best women's teams on the planet playing right here on our turf. There's so much to come in this season. Subscribe, like and review our podcast so we can get more Hoops content to you. And I think we're all kind of bought into that. There's not just going to be like one or two people that win games for us. It's going to take all of us as a collective to get wins. So I think we're all helping each other, all listening to each other, um, kind of no matter who we are. In the first Series 3 episode of Shooting the Breeze, we're going back to where it all began, the Brydon's Lawyers Sydney Uni Flames. Joining us are Flames development players, Cherie Kalea and Morgan Yeager, who give us their point of view on joining one of the youngest teams in the league and the challenging path they've taken to get here. With determination to spare, they're looking forward to the season's challenges and are ready to light up the floor with their fellow Flames. Welcome to Shooting a Breeze and joining my co-host Jacinta Govind and myself, it's development players for the Sydney Uni Flames, Cherie Kalea and Morgan Yeager. Welcome to the show, guys. It's great to have you here. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks to be here. Yeah, to start things off, again, congratulations on getting your development player spots for this exciting Sydney Uni Flames team for the next WNBL season. Um, how's that all been going so far? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's been really good. It's been uh, really fun. We've got, like, the whole squad here now. So, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, training's been intense and there's been, um, yeah, quite a few challenges already for myself anyway, but... It's all exciting and, yeah, it's good to officially get started with the whole team. Cool, cool. And uh, I'm sure, you know, like Paul and I, a lot of devoted WNBL fans would already be familiar with the two of you both competing in the last season, a.k.a. the bubble season. Um, But just for some of our listeners who might not know uh, a bit about your backstory, do you mind just giving us a brief rundown about your basketball career up to this point? So, Cherie, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, so I played my junior career in um, Hills Hornets, just my local association. Got in a few state teams with um, Basketball New South Wales. And then I found myself playing with the Sydney Uni Sparks in the Siebel competition, which was pretty exciting. And so I didn't go to college. I decided to study here and yeah, play for the Sydney Uni Sparks. And then I got the opportunity to be a development player with the Flames um in 2018 but then I ruptured my ACL so I was out for a bit and then after that yeah I went to the hub which was great and managed to get a DP position there for the 2020 season uh and then yeah decided to play NBL1 South for the Mount Gambier Pioneers and yeah here again there's a DP so that's pretty cool (laughs) and back uh in the squat rack squatting 110 kilos I saw today (laughs) yep yep So that ruptured ACL is definitely a thing of the past, thankfully. It is, yes. I did my rehab and, yeah, there you go. Awesome. A perfect poster player for 
physio rehab and injury. <laughs> That's so important. Thank you. Yeah. And Morgan, your pathway to this point is a little bit different, correct? Yeah, it is. And you um, started in Forestville, I believe. Yeah, I started playing my juniors uh, at Forestville in Adelaide. From then, I just kind of, I made state teams from under-16s to bottom age 20s. I played in the under-17 national team that um, played in the Czech Republic. And then kind of from that, like, got me noticed for colleges overseas um, in America. So I pretty much got my dream scholarship to go to the University of Oregon to play for the Ducks. Um, Unfortunately, most of my time there was spent injured. I had a really bad back injury. Uh, which I'm still dealing with at the moment. Um, But after that, we did really well over there. But um, I came back and kind of got to settle home a little bit and got my back right. And then really last minute got asked to join the Lightning team because of a kind of as an injury replacement. So that was that was cool. It was a good experience. And then Oh, I also played for the Lightning in the 2015-16 season before I went to college as well. Since the bubble season, I've just been playing NBL 1 Central for Southern Tigers. Where you won a premiership? Yeah, yeah, we won. Um, that was pretty cool. So, yeah, I came back from college and just switched up and moved to Tigers, but it was a pretty good move. <laughs> what was the adjustment like for you going from college ball to NBL 1? It's, it's very different. College was extremely high level. It was technically amateur basketball, but um, it, there was nothing amateur about it. Like they're highly, highly professional and like played against great teams and did school basketball, had to be very organized. Like, yeah, it was it was at least at the standard of WNBL in terms of our time schedule and trainings and stuff like that. So. And Cherie, like you said, you're born and bred in for the Hills Hornets, which is where I have seen you play a lot and uh, lead the way for a couple of uh, championships as well for Hills in the Youth League at least. Last NBL one season, you were signed to play for Mount Gambia and you had quite a nice little collective of other Waratah players too with Jazz Howe and Shaq Riley and Hannah Young. Um, so did you have to adjust very much from going from Waratah to NBL one I think the standard was definitely higher um, playing for NBL1. It's just that biggest step up in the league. So I just tried to continue just with my hard work and everything. And as for the season, I think it's the best basketball I've ever played. Um, just trying to level up and, yeah, do as best as I can, really. And so after you both finished your NBL1 seasons, I know, Cherie, your season wasn't, I guess, desired with a lot of COVID lockdowns and things like that. Um, so how did you both find yourself now training for or competing for development player spots for the Flames? Was it a matter of Shane Hill giving you both a, a ring on the mobile? Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Sorry. Um, yeah, funny, funny thing. Um, I was actually working that night at the basketball stadium in the canteen and this random number started calling and, like, I never, like, answer unknown phone calls. And I was, I just had a gut feeling. I was like, oh, I'll pick up and see who it is. I was like, hi, it's Cherie. And then straight away it's like, hi, it's Shane Hill. And I was like, what is going on? (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty (laughs) surreal really because at that point I was thinking I'd be staying in Mount Gambier for a little while longer considering the um, COVID and lockdown in New South Wales. So, yeah, it was a big opportunity for me and I decided to take it. And, yeah, I'm happy that I did. Absolutely. Follow your gut instinct. 
Yeah, yeah. What did he kind of say to you when he called you? Was it did he tell you up front that it was a development player spot or did he share much about his plans for the team in that phone call? Yeah, just an opportunity to come trial to be a development player. So it wasn't even guaranteed that I was going to get the spot. But yeah, uh, he asked me like who I am as a player and I was just honest. He really put me on the spot, really didn't have anything to prepare. But I was just, yeah, honest and we kind of discussed what the team would be like. So yeah, very fast-paced team and a big, big emphasis on the defensive end, which I love, yeah. Awesome. I feel like knowing... Uh, for what I know about you from watching you play for a few years now, when you say fast-paced and defensive-orientated, I was like, oh, yeah, you've got that in the bag. Easy, especially your on-ball pressure defense is, is really, really good. And I felt like that in the last season um, in the hub, yeah, you definitely stepped up in those games. So I feel like you did really well. So I'm really glad that you've got another development spot player to keep working on those skills and consolidating yourself as a professional player. Sure, thank you. So it looks like we've lost Morgan. Are you there? Yeah, I don't really know what happened. It just like blacked out. So you probably heard Cherie's story of getting her call up while she was working at the canteen, which is like a fairy tale. What was your story? How did Coach Hill contact you to come and join the development squad? So basically after the NBL1 season, I was just at home uh, working out with like my like mentor, coach, second father is Joey Wright, the old coach for the 36ers. And I think like Shane got in contact with Joey just because he was, I can't really remember what he called to talk to him about, but like players for the Flames. And he was like, yeah, like I'm still kind of looking around for some players. And Joey just dropped my name. Like, have you seen Morgan? And Shane like hadn't really, he like knew of me, but hadn't seen me play before. And then Kind of just, I mean, Joey being who he is, like he kind of just took his word for it and was like, okay, like I'll give her a call. And so he just called me. I think I was like pulled up at home and he gave me a call. And pretty immediately I was like just from talking to him about the squad, kind of like Sheree said, just the playing style, defensive first and then fast pace, like flow, offense, like just, playing really freely and um, lots of pick and rolls and then just hooping, like not playing like robots. And he he really emphasised those things. And for me, that's like huge ticks because I'm like, I would say I'm a fairly like instinct kind of player. Um, It just sounded really cool to me. And then he was like, please, we'd love to have you up here if um, you can make the trip. And in that moment, like the borders were still closed and it was kind of a bit of a risk like if I come over and like say if I didn't get the DP spot would I stay there because I like didn't technically have accommodation or like how would I get home if the borders weren't open so it was kind of a bit of a last minute risky decision but it paid off yeah 100% risk risk pays off doesn't it yeah for sure for sure I want to jump in and ask you how you guys are feeling you're effectively walking into what is pretty much a brand new team new coach and new culture what can you tell us about how the teams are getting together and more important, the culture that the team is trying to build to be able to, you know, walk into the WNBL and put up a, a performance that Sydney will be able to get behind you? I think, I mean, I know 
we can tell just at trainings, like everyone gets along, everyone uh, works together well on the court and then gets along off the court. You can tell that obviously this first year for Shane was probably going to be tough no matter what. It seems to look like he definitely went for good people, people who work hard, trying to develop that culture. And then as he goes like next year and the year after, then he'll start trying to put those really key pieces together. The culture is really good. It's really fun. Like I'm really enjoying trainings. Um, They're competitive, but they're not like a grind. Like, oh, I have to go to training every day. Like I genuinely like going to training and, and then going to weights is always really fun. Like we get work done, but we're also like laughing and enjoying each other's company. So do you feel like, um, I mean, your team is typically, you know, on average, the age range is a bit younger. Do you feel like that has something of an advantage when you're building a culture for a new team? <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, it's super fun. I think we all have pretty similar interests and we just kind of bounce off each other pretty well. Out of the squad, as it stands at the moment, who do you find is full, you know, because every team there are people that fall into those roles of natural leaders. From your perspective, who are you seeing is starting to fall into those roles and how do you see that people stepping into those roles is going to help the team in terms of, you know, the upcoming season and everything that's going to have to happen around what's going to be, it'll be tough for Sydney, not because the team's not good, but it's effectively such a new team and there are so many other teams out there that have got so much continuity in terms of their rosters. Well, what I've found, definitely Loz and Keeley have, yeah, they're great communicators, but also just when we have little huddles after like scrimmages, we're all willing to listen to each other and everyone is willing to um, put in and it's good just to hear like just everyone's point of view, but like usually we're on the same page, so we're always usually agreeing. So just to have that you know, similar IQ is pretty cool as well. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Like Loz and Keely are probably our two uh, main leaders, but I think there's like all sorts of experienced players, veterans in the WNBL like Loz and Keely, but then there's like younger players like Shy and like myself and that who are like just different perspectives, like Shuri said. And I think we're all kind of bought into that. There's not just going to be like one or two people that win games for us it's going to take all of us as a collective to get wins so I think we're all helping each other all listening to each other um, kind of no matter who we are. What do you see as some of your perhaps biggest barriers to overcome as a team heading into the next season? I think we kind of struggle with our height but in saying <laughs> that <laughs> we've had a few preseason games already against young boys teams and they're super tall but as soon as like we just commit and like be physical make that box out we we can do anything really yeah I mean there'll be so many critics this year that'll be like oh they're not tall enough they're not going to be able to beat such and such team but I think we're professional basketball players I think we're going to be able to figure out an alternative we're going to be young athletic we're probably going to be the fittest team in the league we're going to be able to pressure people defensively and like we're going to have multiple people coming off lots of ball screens we're going to probably wear teams out and by that fourth quarter like we're going to be in the greatest shape so I think yeah that might be an issue for us in some moments throughout the season but I think we're going to be we're going to have other advantages one of the things that if you go back and listen to some of our prior episodes, one of the things you'll definitely hear us be saying is that the sad part of the uh, of the internet is 
Everybody's got an opinion. Yeah. Right. And unfortunately, you know, Sydney can be a really tough town in terms of their opinions on their basketball team. But as we've said quite a few times, it doesn't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, it's the team that you've got is the team that you're playing and you'll adjust to suit. So the key part to it is, yeah, the team is younger. The team probably doesn't have the height that other teams do, but that's not necessarily a disadvantage. It's a difference. So what you were saying about the fitness makes for a really interesting conversation because if you guys are still playing run-and-gun basketball in quarter four and everybody else is not able to do that, then the fourth quarters for the Flames games look like they're going to be really interesting to watch. Yeah, definitely. For sure. And that's like definitely one thing Coach harps on. Like every, Pretty much every training will do a fourth quarter scenario where it's kind of like it's crunch time, there's like five minutes to go, both teams run for fouls, it's end of the game scenario. Like I think we're going to be prepared. Like I think – I reckon that fourth quarter will be one of our strong points. Yeah, for sure. And just to add on that, Morgan, I reckon he challenges not just our fitness too, but like our mental state and our decision-making in those. So I reckon that's pretty important too. Yeah, definitely need to. Um, I mean, it's easy to make shots and make good decisions when you've got fresh legs, first quarter, third quarter after half time. but it's going to be the decisions and the shots you make in the stretch when you're all tired. And so as much as it makes sense when you're, you know, competing at that level to uh, do your three-minute drills and shoot your three-pointers at a high percentage when you're dead tired, it's all for that reason of what's going to happen in the stretch in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's right. So what does Shane set as goals, like personal goals for each of you as players? What does he want each of you to focus on for this season? I think for me, just coming off, like coming off the bench with energy, like obviously taking my shots when they're open. For me, I'm I'm just like trying to come off the bench with energy, keep that level high, like from the starters and, and you know, just I, I just want to be a pest. Like defensively, I just want to be annoying. I feel like I'm good at that. <laughs> um, so that's like probably like my goal, my playing style. And then just in terms of like getting better throughout the season is just being ready to be that knockdown shooter. We have great players who can make plays at the basket and eventually they're going to, the other teams are going to have to shut that down. So that kick out three is going to be really important. Um, And we're already a great shooting team. So just always being ready no matter what whether I've played in games, whether I haven't been playing in games, you never know when you're going to be called. So just being ready when it's time. Um, yeah. <laughs> and one thing I think Shane said to me was definitely communication and encouragement, both on the court, obviously, and on the sideline, but also just boosting my teammates when they need it and challenging them at trainings so I can challenge myself to improve them and improve me too. But yeah, definitely being a pest on defense. Yep. Nothing better than making the offensive player frustrated. One thing I think Shane said to me was just getting used to like the start-stop play, being a bit more unpredictable, which I agree. I tend to sometimes just go at one pace and improve my shooting, especially under fatigue as well. Yeah. (laughs) It's a pinch yourself moment when Morgan and Cherie 
give us their take on the exciting pairing of the Flames and Kings and how important this is for developing the fan base for women's hoops, not just in Sydney, but across the country, and what it means to them to cross paths with their childhood heroes. Before the show, we touched on this, and I want to talk a little bit about it. Now, the Flames and the Kings are part of the same organisation. There'll be a lot more double-headers back at Kudos Bank Arena. How do you feel about being part of that? You're going to be going out. You're the first game before the Kings. You're going to be in front of a big room with a lot of people. Personally, how do you guys feel about that? Well, I think it's pretty awesome because I grew up um, going to Kudos Bank Arena just um, to watch the Kings. I even got the opportunity to sit on the bench as a DP when I ruptured my ACL for the Flames and we had a few double headers there. So I think it's super exciting. The atmosphere is pretty cool and the court is, yeah, something else too. So I think it's a really, really good opportunity and it's great to see the Sydney um, Kings and the Flames just come together and support each other. It's great. Yeah, I think it'll be cool. I think um, hopefully, especially with the double headers, it'll kind of encourage the Kings fans. It might encourage them to come to the women's game and just draw a bigger fan base. The fans won't necessarily think of the men's and women's team as two separate teams. Like they'll just kind of think of us as one whole collective of like athletes and it might just be like a really cool like night out um, to come watch both of us and then I mean, I personally like really enjoy watching like women's basketball. So it'll be it'll be really cool. Like it'll be good for basketball in Australia in general because I don't think even across Australia, like especially women's, like we don't draw that many fans. And I think it'll be a really good stepping stone. I think Sydney Flames and the Kings are really like on the right path for drawing a really really cool like fan base. All their media stuff that they're planning, like that Julian was talking about, seems really cool. And just following on from that, it's interesting you mentioned the fact of being part of the process of getting Sydney more behind basketball. That's a really important job. And I think I'd really like to know, how do you guys feel about the fact you're part of that first step of bringing, you know, Sydney's men's and women's basketball fans together? I think it's pretty surreal just thinking about it and what my younger self would have done if I went to like the Kings game, but it wasn't just for the Kings. It was to see the Sydney Uni um, Flames, the women's team. I just think it's great. We can be role models for those younger kids who maybe some of the girls who do go and see the, the men's game to think that they do have a pathway if they want to play basketball and become a professional athlete. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I, and I definitely think like our playing style will be really exciting and fun to watch. And I think like no matter whether it's like young boys or girls, I think it'll be if a family's going to watch the Kings game, they have like a young boy and a girl and the girl's dragged along. Like I think I think they're all going to enjoy it. I think what the Flames organisation and Shane is planning for this year and, and the future especially is like a really fun style of basketball that everyone enjoys watching and I think every year it's just going to build and I think it's going to be really fun to watch. Did either of you watch WNBL growing up? Yeah. Yeah. Who were the people that you looked up to when you were a kid and you were watching WNBL? I was, like, right into it. I had, like, season tickets to all the Adelaide Lightning games when they had, like, Aaron Phillips, Renee Camino, Rebecca Duke, Tracy Gahan, like, uh, Jess Foley, like, and when they won, I was right into it when I was a kid, so... 
I loved it. I love watching like Aaron Phillips was my my idol when I was a little kid. So yeah, I loved it. So it was so cool. And I don't think I went to one thirty sixes game. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the final when they played. I don't think they even played. I think it was between Sydney and Adelaide. And I think they actually played in Wollongong. I don't think they played in either Sydney or Adelaide, if my history serves me correctly, which was a bit silly considering that Renee Camino, now Gala, is from Wollongong. I know. It's crazy. It was, yeah. And she said, I think it was that final she set the record for most points scored in a grand final. Yeah, wow. she Yeah, she went off. She was like. She was such she was such a good player to watch. Yeah, her and Erin were like my two, like, oh my god. And Vicky Volk was the coach and now she's hilarious. Like I'm good friends with her now. She's so cool. And Sheree, what about you? Who did you grow up admiring in the WNBL? The first person who came to mind was um Leilani Mitchell, because she played for the Sydney Uni Flames for a bit there. I did go to a few games, but I, I don't quite remember being as into it as probably <laughs> Morgan was. I tried to get to as many games as I could and, yeah, just enjoyed it while I was there. And, Morgan, I will definitely have to text Renee and just say that you idolised her growing <laughs> up. Yeah, like literally like her and Aaron were like a point guard, shooting guard combo. They were so good. It was so much fun. And Renee still got game as well. Like, I and know. She's... Like I know. We see Tommy out here and like. I was like going through like his Instagram and her Instagram the other, other day and I was like, damn, she's still like really fit. Like, is she still playing? Like, goodness. She was still playing and she was playing without an ACL. Um, yeah. But she still was playing because, you know, again, poster player for rehab. But no, she still looks as fit as she Crazy, is yeah. playing. Yeah. But she'll be stoked with uh, with that little trip down memory lane, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was like... My childhood team. <laughs> I got like photos of them in my in my bedroom. Like, <laughs> that championship. Like I still got photos of them. <laughs> that's maybe, so cool. Maybe we can get Renee to do a shout out. Yeah, that's a great idea. Excellent idea. I did ask. I have the photos. I'm going to try to get a photo of all of them. I'll send them to you. <laughs> oh yes, please. Yeah. Yes, please. That would be so yeah. good. I've got a picture of. Because I've got pictures of me and Renee from, you know, like country tour. Oh, hold on, it's right here. See, this is it. it. A trip down memory lane. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cool. How bad is that? This is like all oh, the that's country tour. Wow. I mean, I'd, I'd like to think I have had a glow up since then. Well, we both have. That's but so she crazy. very nicely made that point for like my That's 16th cool. birthday or something. But And she's good friends with Shane. Tom and Renee are good friends with Shane Hill. So um, maybe Shane can just ask them to pop around to training one oh, day. Actually, you want to know something cool? Like, because when I was, I had those season tickets, like after the games, we could like go down in the court and get like our ball signed by the players. And I got a photo with Erin and like I kept that photo for like ages. It was like prized possession. And then I made the team in 2015-16 when, like, Leilani was there and Michaela Duncans and stuff was there. I was in that team and she was back in Adelaide from being in Dallas and stuff and she came to one of the games and I got a photo of her at my game um, with her and, like, we were still kind of in touch and, like, I have, like, a photo of when I was a little kid and then when I was playing for the Lightning in a photo with her, so it was pretty cool. That's so That's cool. Very cool. 
Yeah, full circle. Yeah, literally. Before we kind of wrap up, there's always a question that we ask that's you're not prepped for. Uh-huh. uh-huh. It's, it's, it's safe. It's safe. I promise it's safe. Now, because there's two of you, we're going to have to have a different question for each one. Sheree, <laughs> I'm going to turn around and start off with you. Yep. If you could be a movie character, any movie character, who would you be? A movie character? Oh, no. It's going to take me a while to answer. Um, I feel like I don't watch many movies. Like I do, but... I feel like I watch more series than movies. Ooh. Okay, then out of all the series that you watch, who'd be the oh, character? No. Too many options. <laughs> Jeez, you really put me on the spot here. I can't try to think of one. Um, I really don't know. No. Can it be What's more first... specific? I don't know. <laughs> you, want to, you want me to be more specific? I think so. Okay. Well, now she's putting you on the spot. Yeah, she's putting me on the spot. Okay. You're going to reverse. So, who is the one female character Ooh. that you've seen in a movie or TV show that you go, yep, that's me? Oh, gosh. That's a good one. I feel like... There's no wrong answer. I know, but I feel like I'm, as a individual, I'm so weird and quirky that I don't see anyone like me on the screens. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Wonder Woman because you just squatted like a hundred <laughs> Okay, <laughs> Wonder Woman. I haven't even okay. seen. I don't even think I've seen that movie either. <laughs> see what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we'll okay. go Wonder Woman. <laughs> All right, Wonder Woman. <laughs> Thanks, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Morgan, it sounds like you watch a lot of movies then. Oh yeah, I live I, Netflix. <laughs> you live Netflix. Okay, so I'll, I'll throw the same one out to you then. Out of all the characters you've ever seen, who's you? Oh, oh, it's not easy, is it? <laughs> like who I'd want to be, and then there's like oh, I don't know. It makes me like want to go on Netflix and like. Start <laughs> <so> <laughs> yeah. Um, there's no know. wrong answer. See now, okay, I'm feeling the pressure now. <laughs> Did you have a, an idea of who you would want to be? What character you would want to be, rather than the character that you resonate with the most? I really like The Lion King, so maybe like Simba. I okay. like Disney movies. Oh, I love Disney movies too. I love these, <laughs> but then I love like Spider-Man. I feel like Spider-Man is probably my favorite superhero. I don't know. I love I love all sorts of movies. I love like Harry Potter. Mm. We just watched Harry Potter, like oh, some of the girls in the apartments. We just we're about to like binge Harry Potter. <laughs> maybe I'll go I'll go Simba. You know, it's the one thing that's really interesting is whenever we ask this question, the number of people that come back with Disney characters. Mm. Yeah. I feel like each of them have, because they're just like so many different kind of characters within Disney, there's always one to relate to. Mm. Yeah, so no shame in, in being a Disney fan on this podcast at <laughs> oh, all. Oh, no, definitely <laughs> not. All. When we spoke to Alex Bunton a few weeks ago, she brought up Moana. I was, uh, I was thinking about Moana when we were going on yeah. about Disney. I was like, ooh, yeah. Yeah. soundtrack. <laughs> and yeah. I think the good thing about Disney is they kind of like create characters for the purpose of the story. Like the character is so strongly the driver of the whole story and like the, the lessons to be learnt from the story and things like that. So they, that maybe that's why they are more admirable and memorable characters. Yeah. Sure, sure. 
Yeah, that's a good good point. Never really thought about it that way. You're getting deep. Getting deep. <laughs> getting deep. That's it. Okay, guys, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Really looking forward to seeing you on the floor during the season. And best of luck to both of you. Thank you. Thanks so much Thank for having you. us. Appreciate no it. Shooting the Breeze can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with all your friends.